What is an NFT? It is a non-fungible token. Now let's make it simple. NFTs are changing the world, and change can feel complicated and scary. But listen, you don't need a computer science degree. You don't need to learn how to code. You just need practical skills to win. If you are here, you are in the 1% of humans that are preparing for this major cultural shift. We're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. We're going to make it practical. Welcome to NFTs Made Simple. Just a reminder, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice, and you should do your own research. Hey, let's get into it. So let's define what an NFT actually is. An NFT or non-fungible token is a unique asset that cannot be replaced with something else and is verified and stored using blockchain technology. And an NFT can include everything from music to a website domain to a piece of digital artwork. So that's the that's the textbook definition here from CNBC. But Dragon, let's kind of unpack that. Let's let, there's a lot of weird definitions here. Let's unpack this. Yeah, this is this is a big step and I don't know how people just heard that, but that's I read that too, you know, cuz I in in the shadows I was trying to learn what this stuff was. I was trying to arm myself and equip myself with with knowledge. And what I noticed and this is another reason why I think this podcast is important, Mark, is if you just go look up a generalized definition of something, I don't know if they understand that they're they're giving us generalized definitions using words that we don't know. So you start to see right. some of this this crypto language pop up, like I heard <laughs> blockchain and centralized and all that. So I just want everybody to know that this episode is tailor-made to make you understand the basic, basic premise of what an NFT is. And then all of those other words that you heard, like the fact that an NFT lives on the blockchain, it's super important, but you're going to learn, you're going to have a third degree black belt in blockchain one day. So don't worry about that right now. So I think an easy way to explain to somebody that's just hearing about it and just finally getting brave enough because this is a podcast and you can do it in private and tell your people, your friends, you're going you're gonna to tell your friends after this, but like, you want to know what an NFT is, man? You know, <laughs> don't read that definition though. So what it stands for is non-fungible token. So what's important is let's look at what, what fungible means. You know, fungible is something that is, it's not rare. Like, you know, it says fungible goods are items that are interchangeable because there are, they are identical to each other for practical purposes. So like a, like a dollar bill, for like example, a dollar bill, like I could give Mark a dollar and he'd have no trouble giving me a dollar back. So fungible. Hey, while you're in the mood, by the way, I'll take $20. Yeah, that's right. While you're giving 20, 20. So, so that's the world we live very much in a fungible world. Now, Mark would not say that his wife is fungible, right? Because yep. he would have to say that she's rare and unique and one of a kind because she is. Hopefully she's listening to this. Absolutely. That'll be $20. So <laughs> my point is, is that if you know what fungible means, you know what non-fungible is. Now there's this T word, the token, but non-fungible means it's rare. It's, it's something that is unique. Now, Mark gave a great example in a conversation we were having before about something that everybody will understand is non-fungible 
It's just the T word, the token. So a non-fungible token is what we're talking about on this show. But Mark, why don't you give an example? Because this is this this played a big part of you growing up, of just like things like trading cards and things like this that you noticed. Yeah. There's I mean, there's all sorts of things that people collect, everything from from art and you know, I just want to say, you know, we're talking about this as well. There's a reason why the original Starry Night that Van Gogh painted sells for $100 million. And there's a reason why you can go to an art exhibit and buy a poster for 10 bucks, right? It's because that that is replaceable. You can print a million prints, right? It's it's fungible, it's replicable. Whereas the original painting is unique, it's different, it's it's one of a kind, just like my beautiful wife, by the way, love you. So it, really important. And I think that one of the other things that's important to recognize about NFTs is they're basically living in a digital world. They're living in this digital world on a blockchain, which by the way, in our next episode, we're going to go deep on blockchain to give you a better understanding of what that means. And the other thing I think that's, that's important here as well, Dragon, is that the way you actually buy these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens is with, is with cryptocurrency. And I think that's important too. You don't just go to a grocery store and buy an NFT. You're, you're going to be purchasing these, at least in the current phase with a cryptocurrency of some of some sort, right? So, you know, Bitcoin is, I think, a good example of a cryptocurrency. And um, again, we'll get into more about what cryptocurrency is in uh, two episodes. But a cryptocurrency is essentially a, a digital form of money, digital form of cash, right? And so I guess the, the thing that I think a lot of people have trouble with Dragon when it comes to NFTs is they say, why the heck would I want to be using my hard-earned digital currency to buy a digital piece of art? Like, you know, it's not real. I hear this all the time. It's not real. Whereas if I bought a Van Gogh, I can put it on my wall. That's real. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's, that's a common kind of misconception. I was talking to someone at my office the other day and they said, why would I buy a JPEG? I can just right click and copy and paste the JPEG. You know what I mean? But it's, it's that it's, it's, it, I think that the, the key thing here, you may agree or disagree is that as we move farther and farther into this digital world, as the digital world becomes more a part of our regular lives, these digital assets are going to become more, more important, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think just, just to really, really make it simple, we've been looking at non-fungible assets being traded for quite some time. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was into collecting comic books and, and trading cards and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't know if I was really conscious of it, but, you know, for whatever reason, I just remember if I had a, a comic book and it was considered rare and what makes it rare, it's that there aren't many around, but what brought value to it is that there weren't that many around, but also it was something that I really liked. Like, let's say I had Superman or something like that, or a Michael Jordan card. So naturally, Michael Jordan's the goat in basketball. So, you know, if I had a rare rookie card of Michael Jordan and then Michael Jordan became who he was or Superman became what it was, that's what made it valuable. And as it got valuable, the scarcity and the rarity of the amount that were out there brought the value up. So that was natural. And, and you're seeing that that play out today in, in non-digital world, like with Pokemon cards. You're seeing adults now trade Pokemon cards and purchase card for like $100,000. You say, what the hell is that? You might look at that and say, that's child's play. But when you have that Charizard card, because of its rarity and its value, you now have an asset 
that is worth what you paid for and probably like real estate, it'll, it'll accrue more interest down the road. So that's, I have a unique, I have actually a a quick story about this exact example, Pokemon cards, right? Because you can't just take your old Pokemon collection. I have a friend who has like a series one collection of all these Pokemon cards, right? right? And you can't just put that on eBay and sell it. You have to get it graded. You have to send it to a company like PSA to, to certify that it is actually authentic. It is actually the real deal. And that's something that inherent to NFTs is not necessary because the NFT itself proves that it's authentic and real. Yeah. It's, and, and in the digital world, cause we're going to get into non-fungible tokens right now, I'm just talking about non-fungible things and why they have value in the digital world. They, talk about the fact that when you create an NFT and you go through the process of what's called minting, and we'll get into that in another time, it gives that, that asset, that digital asset, a unique identifier to do what Mark was just saying. So back to my point, if I have a trading card or I have a Jackson Pollock or something like that, I can go to, you know, a trade show or a collector's, you know, gathering and sell this thing, but you can be damn sure that somebody or some entity is going to have to authenticate it. So you'll notice that in that world, you don't want to get duped and get a fake because we live in a world where there's a lot of fraud going on. So they have their own way in playing cards or beanie babies or whatever of finding out that they're authentic. Another way of looking at that is you could take a diamond, you know, it could be a real diamond or a fugazi and you could take it into an expert or a sommelier looking at wine. And everybody has different ways of seeing that if, if it's authentic and then if it is, if they say, yes, this is authentic, then you go into its rarity and its uniqueness. So, so I think that's a world that everybody's comfortable with. So if you embrace that, then you'll understand what an NFT is. All you have to do is take that knowledge of a Michael Jordan card. You now understand how you could trade it. You could sell it. You could buy it. You could accrue interest and sell it again. So just take those things and just imagine if things like that existed in a digital world. Now, we, we see the digital world coming. We've been talking about this in previous episodes, cryptocurrency, NFTs, the blockchain. You're seeing Web3, all the metaverse. You know, we're now starting to like live and interact in a digital world. Our kids have been doing it for a while. So what's going to happen is, is there's going to be financial transactions and buying and selling of what we call digital assets in there. So an NFT, a non-fungible token, is going to be something of a, a token is actually real simply put a tradable asset. So if a non-fungible tradable asset, a non-fungible token exists, it's just like what you're used to. It's just existing in a different world. And here's what's cooler about an NFT than all of that stuff. I I just watched a show the other day, Mark. I think it was called, if you've never watched this, I think it's on Netflix called Sour Grapes. You ever heard of it? I have not. So it's, It's a show about this guy, this Asian guy who everybody knew in the wine industry. And he was going to Christie's and all these auctions and selling like thousands of dollars of wine. And everybody knew him and they were drinking his wine and everybody loved it until like years later, one of the wine manufacturers opened up a Christie's album and saw this guy auctioning off a bottle of wine from a year that he never made that wine. Hmm. And years of this, 
this guy convinced the top most knowledgeable people in the wine industry he was rebottling shit wine. So the potential of that or a fake Pokemon card or whatever, all of that stuff, it doesn't exist in the digital world. And as you learn more and more, here's where the real value of NFTs are. There's a way of authenticating a digital asset in that world that cannot be messed with. And that's a, that's a, that's a digital identification stamp. And that's going to be taught later in the minting process. So real simple, I think that's how I came to the conclusion of what an NFT was, Mark. And that's what got me interested in saying, well, do I need an NFT? Should I buy one? Should I, you know, what's going on? Is this going to be a, the new way of us trading currency? Am I going to have a bank account one day or am I just going to own a picture of an ape? Well, yeah, yeah. So you bring up a really good point, Dragon, which is that transparency. Because right now, if someone takes a picture in front of, a, of like a Lamborghini or something, there's really no way of knowing if it's their Lamborghini or not. But, you know, as we move into this, this, this decentralized, fully transparent world, you'll be able to go to their digital wallet, as it were, which we'll be talking about in a future episode, but you'll be able to go and see, do they actually own this particular item? And again, as you've established, as the world becomes more digital, these digital items are going to become more and more important. Hey, what's up? Mark here. Just want to take you on a quick break with a resource I think is really going to help you. Some of the concepts that we're covering in the show sound really complicated and really technical. But listen, you don't need to code. You don't need to get a master's degree in computer science. All you need to do is have the right resources. We're going to make it simple. We're going to make it easy. I've got a link below. Go to www.nftsmadesimple.com. That's nftsmadesimple.com. You're going to get a free cheat sheet there. It's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Go get the cheat sheet. It's going. We're going to break down some of the key definitions in ways that are really practical and really simple. Go to nftsmadesimple.com right now to get your free cheat sheet. That's nftsmadesimple.com. All right, let's get back into the show. So I want to talk real briefly about what some of these uses are, because you still might be saying, like, why do I actually care? So I think that there's five, really five core concepts you need to understand or five core practical uses, one of which is smart contracts. The second of which is the collectability, which we've talked about. The third is community. The fourth is investments, which we've kind of touched on. And then the fifth is that status symbol. It's that flex. It's that Lamborghini that you can show off, right? Before we move on to the next episode about blockchain, though, I, I really think it's important that we talk about smart contracts because, again, I'm a really practical guy. I'm not the kind of guy that goes out. I mean, I probably say this, but I, you know, we all do it. I'm not the kind of guy that buys things just to impress other people. At least I try not to, but you know, we're all human. Status is really important. I really love utility. I really, I, you know, I'm a big fan of utility. And one of the, one of the cool things that happens with smart contracts is if you have the NFT, it, it actually acts as a contract. So you can actually purchase a home, a home title, and that could be an NFT, and everyone will recognize that you actually own that home. You own that piece of property because you own the NFT, right? Are there any other smart contract ideas that get you excited, Dragon? Well, I mean, you know, what's interesting is if we really boil it down to the simplistic form, 
And is first of all, you're going to say, what does a smart contract have to do with me understanding what is an NFT? That's really important. And it's a lot more simple than you think is if you don't overcomplicate it. So now that you kind of know what an NFT is, if you're creating a digital asset, that's going to be something that you can sell and potentially make more money down the road, there's got to be some sort of predetermined contract or agreement between you and where you're putting it to sell. Because, you know, there's platforms out there to sell your NFTs, and we're going to go down that rabbit hole, and you're going to learn all about that. But they get a cut. Everybody gets a cut of things. So a smart contract, real simple, is an agreement that's created between the potential. Now, remember, you might start off with NFTs just by buying one or owning one and then reselling it. There's real inexpensive, fun ways of doing that. But... There's a creator, there's an artist that designed the NFT. There's a developer that makes the code for the NFT. There's the, the person that might invest in paying for all that stuff and then putting it into the blockchain as you've been hearing about. So there's, there's a lot of people and then there's the platform that gets a cut. So a smart contract is an agreement between all of those people as to what happens when somebody buys it. When somebody buys that asset, because this is a lot more powerful than selling a Michael Jordan card. Because when you sell a Michael Jordan card, after you sell it for whatever amount of money, that's it. You're done. Well, because there's the utility, right? Like I can buy an NFT and that actually gets me access to backstage at a concert. Like we're already seeing that happen. You know, Snoop Dogg has a digital, has a virtual home in a virtual world where if you own the, the NFT, you can go visit him. You can, go, you can go hang out with Snoop Dogg in this digital world, right? So like you said, the smart contract gives all sorts of different benefits that you as the NFT holder can achieve. Gary Vaynerchuk has, an, has a, a series of NFTs. If you own a VFriend NFT, you can go to the next three years of VCon. You can go to a conference because you own this NFT. So that's one thing that gets me excited is the utility. And then I think the last thing that I think is really interesting is, is avatars and skins in video games and in virtual worlds. You know, like you said, I, I, I think in, a, in this episode, even, you know, your, your kid wants to buy some sort of special shield or special gun in this game or something. That's an NFT, which, which you can purchase and it maybe even transfer to other games or other experiences. So there's just so many applications. And I actually read a, this from on online that an NFT is a Swiss army knife of digital verification and transparency. And I think that that's a really cool thing that we're going to be exploring in this show. Yeah. Is what are all these different uses for, for NFTs? I'm, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited. And, but I'm, I'm very much aware that this is a big deal. And, um, the way, and, and one of the things that, you know, I can tell you about Mark and I is that, you know, and, and especially if our wives are listening, you know, we're, we're not going to just dump everything into this thing until we know. So um, that's no. what this podcast is about is, is learning. You know, we hope that you understand the basic premise of what an NFT is, but you all, we hope that you also identify that there's other things that are involved in getting involved in it. So that's what we're going to, we're going to take you on this journey with us, but very, very excited about all this. Yeah. So let's, let's get into the next episode where we're going to talk about what a blockchain is, because that's a core fundamental as well. Let's get into it.